Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Hacker Culture Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. S.W.A.B. J.R. Swab. You can find me on the internets at J.R. S.W.A.B. Mastodon.xyz, Twitter, um, Instagram, which I don't use too much anymore, Um, any Steam-based website like Steamit, uh, Busy.org, uh, Steep Shot and Zapple are actually SWAB because I didn't want that short form content on my main blog that is at JRSWAB. And um, as I said, you're listening to the Hacker Culture Podcast, formerly known as Tech Linux and Hacker Culture. We, I have since rebranded it because it's shorter is better. And we have a website now. It is very bare bones. It's basically a link to the RSS feed. So if you want to uh, get the, grab the RSS feed and put it in your open source um, our, um, podcast app or RSS reader, um, I use AntennaPod from FDroid on my Android device for my podcast. You can go there and get the RSS feed. It is at hackerculture.us. If you uh, have any ideas for what we can do with that site, I would love to hear it. Message me on any platform and uh, we can talk about what can be done with that website maybe a forum maybe maybe something else maybe I'll actually put the episodes on there I'm not entirely sure but today's episode I want to talk about a thing called IPFS which stands for interplanetary file system it is the web distributed kind of like that protocol and the bigger browser which we talked about in the past I don't know what episode that is but it's back there somewhere uh, you, can, you can find it pretty easily and uh, but this is a little different this is kind of focused around media and while you can host websites on IPFS it's not as easy to do as it is with the bigger browser and that but I love IPFS and I think that we could use this and the uh, DAP protocol together where DAT and Beaker Browser would be used for making websites and IPFS would be used for hosting our media. This is a peer-to-peer hypermedia protocol to make the web faster, safer, and more open. That's what their website says. So if you want to go and check out what, what we're talking about, I'm basically going through the website and kind of hitting all the points they hit on because um, they outline it very well. I do have a video uh, all about how to set up an IPFS node on a server or your computer. It is Linux, of course, so um, you'll have to, if you don't use Linux, you should be using it. And uh, you can find that on my Steemit account, steemit.com slash at J-R-S-W-A-B. And if you scroll down enough, I think it was, I think I posted it within the last month or so, and um, it'll be a video. It's actually a video hosted on IPFS, ironically enough, kind of meta, uh, but you can see how where how to set it up there I feel like talking through it in this in a podcast is kind of hard to do saying commands and what you got to do it's just not as it's not as good as a video so go check that out um, but they say on their website that IPFS is the web of the web of tomorrow needs IPFS and I agree um, and their, their their reasons are pretty much as followed they have the first thing is that HTTP is inefficient and expensive that humanity's history is being deleted every day, the web's centralization limits opportunity, 
and our apps are addicted to the backbone. Those are their four main reasons as why we need IPFS for the internet of tomorrow. Well, yes, that's right. Um, so um, let's let's touch on each of these points a little bit. Um, so the, when I say HTTP, HTTP is inefficient and expensive, um, they're pretty much right. Uh, it takes a lot of bandwidth to load and run videos. Um, luckily with IPFS, you don't have to worry about that. The peer-to-peer -peer approach, they claim, can save up to 60% in bandwidth costs when serving media, and that's pretty cool. They also say that IPFS makes it possible to distribute high volumes of data with efficiency and zero duplication, which is really cool. Um, and how this works is IPFS actually, I'm sure we'll get into this further down the page as I go through the points they make in this website, but with IPFS, what they do is that they make a hash of the content, not the file name. And so if I have a picture, let's say I name it picture1.jpg, and I put that in IPFS and I, I add it to the network and it gets hashed because it has its unique hash. It hashes the picture content, not the name. So if I take that same picture and I rename it on my computer to picture2.jpg and, and then upload it again to IPFS, it'll have the same exact hash as picture1.jpg because it is the exact same picture. Pretty darn cool. I actually tested this. I am making a a web application. It's, 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 I don't know what application is the right name, but a website where people can easily upload content to IPFS and hopefully have it so it's like a member login and people can just like s s view the all the hashes that they that they made, so they can go back and retrieve it later. Maybe make all kinds of cool stuff with it. But basically like a, a way for them to keep track of it all. Cause I find that in IP, at least for me, it's hard to remember. I'd like copy all my hashes to remember where they are uh, in the future or re-add it to IPFS, which isn't actually re-adding it, but it's like going through the command again. And when you upload like a two gigabyte video and you have to do it again to, find, to get the hash cause you didn't, you forgot to copy it down. It's kind of annoying. Um, so I'm making that and um, even if, and I, because of that, I had to give each upload a, a unique name so that it doesn't get overwritten on the server. Um, and I tested this out, and even though I uploaded the same thing like six times, and all, they all had different names, uh, they all had the same hash. It's fairly cool. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's continue. Um, the second point they make of why we need IPFS now is that humanity's history is deleted every day, and um, they have a, a link here of to some source that says the average lifespan of a web page is 100 days and they quote things like geocities and of course we remember things like myspace so like i mean myspace still technically exists but not the way it was whenever we all joined it years ago and the web doesn't remember things right like if, it's, if, if it gets deleted off the server it's gone forever and ipfs has this historic versioning to it, which is kind of like uh, Git, and it lets it be simple and resilient, uh, and it mirrors data. So if you have a hash, and I go to say I go to your content, and you have this video, you know, something like this is a good video. I can actually take your hash, and I can pin it to my server, so that now there's a copy of it on my server. It's still your content, still the same hash, but I have a copy of it. So that if someone else wants it and I'm closer to them than you are, they can serve it up much faster than if they had to go through you. And that's kind of where this decentralization comes in. Which is the next point of the web centralizing. The, its centralization is limiting our opportunities. And IPFS 
kind of remains the uh, true to this original vision of an of an open web where everyone's everyone's equal, and we all can share files and deliver files, and uh, without the need of like a huge central server to hold all this information, like we don't need uh, we, won't, we don't need like a YouTube anymore with this because is you can have a site that like aggregates all of the data so it's like oh here's all these video files on IPFS but that site isn't actually holding the data it's just replaying the data that's already on IPFS as a gateway it's like hey we can get this information for you um, and they can pin it if they if, like, if it's a real popular video they can have that you know automatically pinned to their server in some scripty way and so you know say like Gangnam style like with billions, uh, I don't know about billions, but millions of views, if it's getting a ton of traffic and they want it to be able to be like readily available, they can put it to their server or servers and then it'll be much faster served, but it's still not, um, it's still on the original server and anyone else who pinned it. So uh, that's also helps with the, the expense of hosting this kind of information. And um, says that our applications are addicted to the backbone very true. You know, if 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 you go to like a, a third world country without power, you're not getting on the internet. If you uh, if you're offline, which is the same thing, natural disaster hits. Um, you know, like you're driving around and you lose connectivity. You know, it's it's all. It all doesn't technically matter because if you have the content pinned to your device, you can still watch it. Very cool. Um, they say here, IPF, IPFS powers the creation of diversity, diversely resilient networks which enable persistent availability with or without internet backbone activity. Pretty cool. And their thing says that IPFS aims to replace HTTP and build a better web for us all, which is kind of a bold statement. I guess the DAP, the DAP, uh, DAP protocol is trying to do the same thing. But the cool thing with IPFS is you don't actually need anything special to, to view the content. You can still use your web browser. Go to ipfs.io slash ipfs slash the hash name or the hash that you got from your, your upload and you can watch it. Pretty cool. Uh, talks about how it works here. So let's go over this briefly. Um, so they say here they have um, you know each file. It's kind of like what I said. Each file uh, and all of the blocks within it are given a unique fingerprint, which is a cryptographic hash, as I mentioned earlier. And this this allows us to remove duplications across networks and track the version of every file. So if I have a file, say a PDF, and I upload it, and I change the PDF, and I re-upload it, well now they can compare and say, oh, okay, well these two things are different. This one's newer, kind of thing. A Git a Git repository kind of deal. It also says that each network node stores only content it, it is interested in. And some indexing information that helps figure out who is storing what. And this is all set up in this kind of things all set up in configuration files, but you can also manually pin items. Like I said, if I want to host your video file to make it more accessible across the network, I can easily pin your hash to my server and store a copy of it for you. Um, it's actually like not a duplicate, but it's not like it's still a file. It's interesting how it works. Um, also says when looking up files, you're asking the network to find nodes storing the actual content behind the hash, as again, as we mentioned, and every file can be found by human readable names using a decentralized naming system that they call the IPNS, which is the interplanetary name system. So um, you can easily get like 
a name, so let's say like hacker culture could be a IPNS to a list of all of the podcasts that we have done on the show. Uh, I that'd be cool to try and do. I'm sorry, I'm gonna try and download all that stuff and do that. Uh, get that working. Uh, but you can also they have linked the white paper on here. So obviously, if you want to do white papering, if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. Um, and it has like a, some things that people what like where IPFS is useful as of today. And um, for me, obviously, it's the content creator. It's very useful, and this is why I'm building that website to make my life easier because I love the IPFS. I, I like how it's set up. I mean, it's still technically in beta, I believe, but it works. And um, you know, I still have all my files anyway. So if it goes away and something else comes along, I can still still have my files anyway. Um, but it makes it easier for like the whole like freedom and independence thing that the web kind of was built on. It's all super super low cost. Um, if you have a computer, you can run an IPFS node, and anytime you're online, you can sync with the network. And if someone is looking for your content, then they can get it from your computer. And the more people that are requesting the, your content, the more nodes will like um, store bits and pieces of it. I believe so I have to look it up again. I think some. I think if you don't pin it, like when you pin it, you pin the whole thing. So you have the entire copy of the content, but otherwise you're storing bits and pieces of it. Um, activists, or sorry, archivists, would be good for them too, because in theory, as long as it is on IPFS, it technically wouldn't go away, which is nice. Um, it says service providers also can be used. It says if your company delivers large amounts of data to users, a peer-to-peer -peer approach can save you millions in bandwidth. And IPFS can provide secure peer-to-peer -peer content delivery. Pretty cool. Researchers can do the same thing if you're trying to do access big data sets, stuff like that. The developing world this is pretty cool. Um, and they say here that I quote: "High latency networks are a real barrier to entry to developing to the to the developing world. IPFS provides resilient access to data, independent of low latency or connectivity to the backbone. Because once the content is in the region, it's much easier to get it, even with a." Poor connection to the outside world. Then the example that I've heard given for this is that if, say, you're on Mars and you want a to watch a cat video, and it takes eight minutes to get the content to Mars from Earth, you have to do that once. Once you have it, or once you pin it, or once you you know you watch it and you have this all set up to like have bits and pieces of it, it wouldn't take the next person eight minutes to see it because they're right there on Mars with you. So it would take them a lot less time, uh, like just as much, just as fast as it would be if you're just going to like a YouTube and watching a video, because uh, the content's already there. And when they watch it, if they pin it, then it gets more and more people on Mars to see it and makes it go even faster. And then of course blockchains are a good match because um, you can address large amounts of data with IPFS. It's immutable, it's permanent, all that jazz that the blockchain likes. And uh, because it's a hash, you can easily link these things on blockchains because blockchains pretty much only store text. Um, and even on the Steam blockchain, it just stores text, which is why you can't upload a video directly to Steam and why sites like DTube and DLive use IPFS as their backbone for their video content. And then they just link it onto the blockchain. You will click the link, which is rendered through the web browser as a link, and they can watch the video. And if you want to see some good video, uh, I say like go on to YouTube and watch some videos, but that sounds kind of silly. Um, 
the guys who made this, they have put a lot of thought into it. Um, There's a company called Protocol Labs, which has started around this. Um, I wonder if I can see if the guy's name is in here. Let me look it up. Just click the button. It, it might load. Here we go. Uh, Protocol Labs. How about you give me the people? Team. Here we go. Yeah. Contributors. Oh. Um, that's not super helpful. <laughs> well then. Um, core. Okay, this is probably better. Where is your name at? This guy right here. I think it's pronounced Juan. Juan Bennett. J-U-A-N-B-E-N-E-T. Check him out. He has a bunch of talks on YouTube. Um, surprisingly, a lot of the content on YouTube is not super up-to-date. Um, I think the newest video is like eight months old, last time I checked, and it's just the same talk that it was given like a year ago. Um, but it's a good overview into the into the, uh, into the the realm of IPFS and why the guy started it. Um, I believe he is the guy who started it, or at least one of the founding members of it. Uh, so yeah, check it out, IP, IPFS, and as I said... I'm working on a project just for myself, um, and hopefully it will be useful to more people. And once that's done, I will let you guys know where to find it and all that jazz. If you want to help out on the project, if you were good at like making websites look pretty, I could use that because I'm not good at that. I'm not an artist. Um, if you have uh, any experience and you want to help out, let me know. Um, it, of course, is basically not for profit, <laughs> uh, but I do have a server running with a good two terabytes of space so we can upload all kinds of good stuff. There's a maximum limit on the uploads. I think two gigs is where I cut off the limit. Uh, where the limit is for uploading files. So um, if you want your content on IPFS, uh, check out my video on Steemit about uh, how to set up IPFS for Linux. And if you need help, feel free to reach out to me on Mastodon or Twitter. Those are the best places to find me. I'm on Discord as well. Um, I think the my numbers are 3431 or something, something like that. I don't know. You can find me. It's pretty easy. If you go to discord.jrswab.com, you'll go to my, my personal Discord channel that I use for live streaming in the past. And uh, you can find me there and reach out to me. So until then, thank you for listening so much. Um, again, if you have any questions, let me know. Remember, go out there, hack things together, keep being nerdy. <laughs>